Hello there. Praise God. I'm so excited to know that we're halfway through June, and um, this Sunday is a blessed day. I'm sure you've already had a wonderful time worshiping God, and you're already enjoying Him, and uh, you're seeing the mercy of God in your life in greater measures. But today we'll have uh, our dear sister Shoba helping us with translation in Canada also. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. We're so grateful. We trust you now for everyone listening, for every word that comes forth. You give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of God has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, we had an interesting time meeting with old friends recently from many years ago and all of that. Anyway, in the middle of all that, I saw a small forward of a bus, you know, with a small message on it. And it was, uh, it was supposed to read something else, but instead it read another. It said, press the Lord, instead of praise the Lord. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes you have to know how to press the Lord instead of pressing yourself. <laughs> You know, so I thought about it and, you know, how important it is to be able to put the pressure on God's Word instead of on yourself, you know, and uh, praise the Lord, you know. Uh, <laughs> it all makes sense when you understand <laughs> how it all fits together. Amen. But um, as you go through life, you will notice Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it is written in Hebrews 13.8. And also, the devil has not changed, and he doesn't have any, any kind of new thing to pull and do, you see. So whatever you have seen in the past is what he can do now. Uh, nothing is new. So uh, there's no need to be alarmed. Jesus is also not changed. He's still the one who has the almighty power and glory and possessor of heaven and earth, and he has not changed. Whatever he has done before, he'll do today, and he'll continue in forever. Amen? So keep that in the back of your mind. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and in the future also. Hallelujah. And that the devil is not going to bring any new thing. And whatever you've seen before is the same thing that's going to happen, except that there's going to be a difference in that the earth's time clock is running out. The age of the church is running out. Hallelujah. So we're going to just examine a scripture or two as we consider this. So the Bible declares that in this world you shall have tribulation. You know, tests, trials, problems will come, challenges will come. But Jesus said he has overcome so we can be of good cheer. Let's notice that, first of all, in the Bible in John 16... And observe there in verse 33, says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Shall we hear um, this verse in Canada? John 16, 33. <laughs> 
ಮನಶಾಂತರೆಯನ್ನು ಹೊಂದುವರಾಗಿರಬೇಕೆಂದು ಇದನ್ನೆಲ್ಲ ನಿಮಗೆ ಹೇಳುತ್ತೇನೆ ಲೋಕದಲ್ಲಿ ನಿಮಗೆ ಸಂಕಟ ಉಂಟು ಧೈರ್ಯವಾಗಿರಿ ನಾನು ಲೋಕವನ್ನು ಜಯಿಸಿದ್ದೇನೆ ಎಂದು ಹೇಳಿದನು test trials problems that come to the righteous but the lord delivers him out of them all notice all every single one of them so keep that also in the you know part of your heart that's going to be going through scriptures constantly this should be a kind of daily scripture the lord will deliver you out of them all hallelujah so there are going to be tests and trials Jesus praying in John 17 you know he didn't ask the father to take us out of this world he could have asked the father to take us out of this world immediately after we got saved you know but then he said that we should be here and we should be kept from evil amen so there will be tests and trials problems challenges situations because of the fallen earth and the system and all the demonic realms there but God has always planned for you to be delivered out of them all and he has not changed he's still the god who thinks that way and has planned like that hallelujah so i'm going to read from uh, 1st corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13 he says there has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it notice there he says that it's all common there's no temptation that's going to come that is not common as long as you're in this earth there's going to be a common temptation to all of us and as long as it's in this world realm in this earth realm jesus has overcome it and he made you an overcomer so it's guaranteed that you will overcome and the best part is that god knows how much you can bear and he will not allow you to be tempted tested tried beyond what you can bear and he will also make a way of escape you know that one of these days the ultimate escape is going to come to pass and we're going home jesus is going to take us away from here and that's going to be wonderful Hallelujah and the glories of that realm must comfort us strengthen us encourage us amen let's hear um, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 in Kannada also ಮನುಷ್ಯರು ಸಹಿಸಬಹುದಾದ ಶೋಧನೆಯೇ ಹೊರತು ಬೇರೆ ಯಾವುದೂ ನಿಮಗೆ ಸಂಭವಿಸಲಿಲ್ಲ ದೇವರು ನಂಬಿಗಸ್ತನು ನಿಮ್ಮ ಶಕ್ತಿಯನ್ನು ಮೀರುವ ಶೋಧನೆಯನ್ನು ನಿಮಗೆ ಬರಗೊಳಿಸದೆ ನೀವು ಅದನ್ನು ಸಹಿಸುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ಶಕ್ತರಾಗುವಂತೆ ಶೋಧನೆಯಾಗುತ್ತಲೇ ತಪ್ಪಿಸಿಕೊಳ್ಳುವ ಮಾರ್ಗವನ್ನು ಸಿದ್ಧ ಮಾಡುವನು um the enemy and fallen nature and the world and all of that the system out there will constantly bring things but god knows how much we can bear and he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able he will make a way for us to escape so i thank god you know for such a thing however it's good to know that tests will come trials will come circumstances may arise and uh, you know they are actually designed by the enemy to destroy and shake us and make us hopeless 
but God knows what we can bear. And so by the ministry and the gifts of God, he equips us so that we are able to handle these things and overcome. Praise God. So um, I would like us to also read First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter and verse 12. Notice there, he says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Praise God. So you see there that the main work of the church leader is to be able to uh, teach or admonish, to feed the church, working at it constantly. And then the church hears that word and since it's God's word, they are actually obeying God. They are listening to God. Hallelujah. Let's hear that also in First Thessalonians 5 and verse 12. Sahodarare, yaru nimmali prayasa pattu kartana karyagalalli nimma mele mukyastha ragiddu nimage buddhi heluttaro avarannu lakshisi avara kelasada nimitta avarannu preetiyinda bahalavagi sanmana madabekendu nimmannu bedikollutene amen so god as being the great shepherd and the good shepherd has made sure that he will speak to us and feed us and guide us lead us in the way we should go and make sure that we come out victorious you can see god's hand god's care in all of these verses of scripture praise god so god is now uh, on the throne he rules and reigns and he he owns us he purchased us with his own blood and he actually owns the church and the sheep and he paid that price and purchased us and therefore you don't have to be worried. He's going to be able to lead you. He's going to be able to build you up, feed you so that you receive your victory in every situation. He'll make a way for you to escape. Amen. But sometimes um, as you study the scripture, you will notice that the people would turn against the leadership and, you know, blame the leadership, thereby actually blaming God without knowing it, you know. So we're going to observe some of these tests and trials and situations in the Bible and be able to proceed from there. Last week we had mentioned how Jesus was in, in a boat along with the disciples, if you remember. And uh, that was out of Mark chapter 4. And he had told them that they were to go to the other side. And the Bible says, you know, he went to sleep, you know, in the hinder parts of the ship. In fact, the Bible says that he slept on a pillow. Praise God. So he taught them all day, and then he went and rested on that surety that what he said was going to come to pass. Verse 35 says, Then the same day, the same day is the same day as the day he taught them all those things. Notice that after the teaching and instruction, there came a situation that same day after. Notice, the same day when even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. So he has given that word, he has given that promise, he has spoken it, and all of God's power is in what he says. So he wants us to realize that if he says something, you can 
take rest in it. You can just relax. It's going to happen. And that's what Jesus was showing. You know, the way we handle what he says is actually God himself talking to you. Amen. So verse 36, And when they had sent the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, there were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> he was resting on the word that he had given them. And he believed that what he said would come to pass. He was operating in that what he had taught them. And therefore he decided to go and rest. You know, and they woke him up and notice they said, Don't you care that we perish? 39. He arose, rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so faithful? How is it that you have no faith? And they were exceedingly afraid and they wondered what kind of man is this that even nature was obeying him. Praise God. But notice our example is Jesus. He acted on the word. He believed it. He believes these things. He has seen us, the church, and he has believed certain things about us and he has spoken those things to, about us and to us. And he's trusting that what he has said is going to come to pass. Amen. You see, now our part comes into operation. That's why he asked, uh, where is, what happened to your faith? See, it's not just all God. There's a little difference sometimes that we need to understand. If you were given an in inheritance legally, uh, you may not even have to do anything. You, it's just in your name. And so when it's the time for that will to be operated, as long as that's your name and you're the person that was mentioned in it, it's just yours. That's, that's like a will or a testament. However, a covenant is slightly different because you have to do something also. It involves two parties, amen, uh, and choices. So you have to decide, okay, I'm accepting that covenant. I'm going to cooperate with that. Praise God. So God's covenant with us is in the blood of Jesus. And therefore, it's not just going to fall on us like that just because I, our name is in Christ you know, or we are the body of Christ. Praise God. And that's the participation is important. That, that is where you put confidence in what he has said. And you say, okay, I believe it. You don't have to look at a will uh, or a testament and say, I believe it. You know, it's there. But when it comes to the covenant, you actually have to say, okay, I believe the person who is making that covenant with me is so and so. Hallelujah. So there is going to be participation. And that's why we need faith or confidence. And we are dealing with the Almighty who has given His own Son, His blood, His life for us. And therefore we are now going to have to believe that if He said it, that's it. Amen. And so we're going to be uh, thinking about these kind of things and challenges that are going to come after you have come to terms with these thoughts and understanding scriptures. Amen. There's going to be the enemy, you know, trying to shake you and uh, 
bring your life to hopelessness and to nothing. But praise God, if you are a child of God, you are born again, you are more than a conqueror, you are a winner. The material for that is already inside your spirit man. Now you just have to begin to produce some actions. You have to act on what God said, and that's what faith is. Faith is an action based on God's word. And so Jesus demonstrated it, uh, yet they accused him of maybe not caring. And his care was given in that word. You see, if he had not said that word, then he would have been careless. But because he said, let's go to the other side, that's it. That's all the care that God has. It is based on his word, his integrity, that he cares for us. Hallelujah. So God's care for us is in his promise toward us, based on his nature, based on his integrity, and we respond uh, with actions based on that. Hallelujah. And the disciples, I believe, they had a tough time here and there, but eventually they got a hold of it. They understood it. Amen. So um, let's hear in Canada, maybe verse 35. Amen. And verse 37 also, sister. And verse 38 says that he was sleeping in the hinder part on a pillow. <laughs> Praise God. Can we hear that also in Canada, please? Amen. So the responsibility of taking that rest on the word of God and then having to maybe even rebuke the conditions is all up to us now. We're not going to call on Jesus to rebuke the storm and uh, make things calm down. We are going to take our place of rest and then, if necessary, speak to and command things to change. Amen? So this is how Jesus did it. Now, notice that after the teaching session, immediately almost there was a test. So there will be tests, and that's why it says there will be no test that comes upon you which is not common. So somebody somewhere is going through the same situation you are going through. And today in the world, if you notice, it's not just believers that are going through the situation of this time. All of us are going through it all over the world. Amen? And so um, the difference is that God has spoken to us, and we are in covenant with him, and we're going to act differently no matter what it looks like. Amen? That's the difference. And we have to use that difference because Jesus has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And no matter what the enemy throws at you, it's common. It's been there before. There's nothing new. Praise God. It's just that there's a certain frequency and it looks like everything is crammed up together and happening all suddenly because we're going home. Hallelujah. We're going in the great escape. Amen. So um, I'm going to just jump right down and look at a few scriptures there. Let's go to the Old Testament and 
run off to the book of Exodus, the 17th chapter. Praise God. Exodus 17. And I read from verse 1. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim and there was no water for the people to drink. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. Did you notice? According to the commandment of the Lord. Let's hear that also in Canada. Exodus 17 verse 1, please, sister. Did you notice that? So God knew there was no water there and he led them there. So God knows what the problem is, what the circumstances, and sometimes he just lets you go that way. Hallelujah. And there are other ones that, you know, you're supposed to avoid prayerfully. For instance, the Lord's Prayer says, you know, deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation. Praise God. So there are some uh, tests and situations like that which we have to go around. But there are some that we're going to go into. Praise God. And God knows all about it. So whatever you're going through today, God knows about it. If you are the last day's church and you are going through peculiar situations today, God knows about it. Hallelujah. And He allowed us to be here at this moment. In other words, He knows how to handle it and the answer has not changed. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. It's in the Word. Hallelujah. So there they are. And they are like, there's no water to drink. Wherefore, verse 2, the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Why are you angry with me? Wherefore do you tempt the Lord? And after that he says, Why are you tempting the Lord? See, Moses understood that way that it works. So, don't get angry with the pastor. Don't get angry with the preacher because you're actually doing it against God. If the word is coming out plainly and clearly, you can believe that word. You can act on that word. And so it's not the word's fault. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not God's fault. Hallelujah. Amen. So God knows whether there's water, there's no water, whether there's whatever, whatever is going on. He knows all about it. But the people said, give us water that we may drink. And they got angry with Moses. Verse 3, and the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? How about that? Do you think that God would bring his people out of Egypt to just kill them somewhere? Knowing everything, knowing the end from the beginning, would he just lead them somewhere and kill them all there? Definitely that's not God. But this is how the people are, you know, different reactions during the tests and problems and challenges of life. Even after wonderful miracles and amazing things that God did to bring them out of Egypt and then allow them to pass through such a situation, 
He expects that they should know, hey, you saw what I did. You think this is anything hard for me? Praise God. But instead they are murmuring and so on. Let's hear verse 1 to 3 also in Kannada, please, sister. Amen. <laughs> so there you go, people, as usual, and uh, their natural responses. And praise God, people may do that, but after some time, we who are observing the things of God, uh, learning the things of God, ought to be better than that. Hallelujah. We cannot be like everybody else, even though the problems seem to be common to all of us. Verse 4 says, Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto these people? They be almost ready to stone me. They're so angry, they want to even stone him. You know, that's the next level. So they're ready to... First they said, are you going to kill us? And then now they're saying, we're going to kill you. It's death and anger and all of that going on there. Verse 5, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river, and take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? <laughs> Notice that you may even wonder if look, the Lord is with you. I mean, is God really with you? Look at what is happening you know, what kind of problems are these? What peculiar, strange situations am I living here? But notice that's all normal. All of these natural people, not saved, just a, a group of people who have seen amazing things happen, but are still very natural, very, you know, uh, unspiritual. And they are talking like this. Praise God and angry. And God gave him instructions and talked about a certain rock and he should bring the elders, stand with them near the rock, and then take that rod with which he had split the rivers, and those amazing things happened. And so the people knew that this was, you know, that same rod. And now he had to smite the rock, and water came out of it, the Bible says, and eventually um, to feed and take care of 2,000 people, and all of the, I mean, at least two million, sorry, two million people, and all of their laundry issues and everything, water came out of that rock. Hallelujah. That's quite an amazing miracle. 
you know, praise God. So let's hear um, verse 6 also in Canada. Amen. And so, after all their murmuring and complaining, Moses strikes the rock and water comes out of it. And then Moses gives that place a name, Meribah, or the place of rebellion and uproar and grumbling and complaining and murmuring. Praise God. All of that stuff. And uh, very interesting how in spite of it all, God still provides. Notice, you can murmur, complain, whine. Eventually, God will provide because He is faithful. <laughs> He's the faithful God. Now, if you go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, it's an interesting line there in verse 10 again. You will notice there, verse 4, And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock, that followed them, that rock was Christ. Notice that. That rock was Christ. Verse 5 continues, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So notice here that these things are written in verse 6. These things were written for our example, you know, for us, that we should not do what they did. So here you realize that that, that rock was Christ. You know, we were talking for a couple of weeks about how Jesus is the rock and uh, it's contained in Scripture. So it's it, He's the rock that followed them and it's all over the Bible. It's completely seen here and there and Jesus was that rock, that supply, that fortress, that strength, that confidence could be gained from him, he followed them around. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, notice that Jesus was that rock, and that rock followed them around. Praise God. However, Moses eventually left like a big signboard in that place, the place of grumbling, the place of murmuring, <laughs> the place of, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. And praise God for God and His nature. He has not changed. Sometimes, if you do not handle the problems and the tests of life properly, guess what's going to happen? God will give you chance to do it again. And uh, you can come back and retake it. You know, sometimes you may be reminded of your exams in college and all, where you are allowed to retake papers or improve your papers. And uh, let's see if Israel eventually got it. So we're back again. Exodus 17 is where they leave that place. And guess what happens? A couple of years later, in the book of Numbers, in chapter 20, the Bible says that they come back there again to the same Meribah water situation. <laughs> and this time, you know, the little ones have grown. Years have passed. It's, it's almost 40 years later. And we start from 
verse 1 of Numbers chapter 20. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin, notice, in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. There was no water for the congregation. There we go. No water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. <laughs> it looks like the same scenario again, you know, against. Not pressing on the word of God, but pressing against Moses and Aaron. Hallelujah. Pressing natural. Uh, the, the natural realm. It's, it's time to put pressure on the things of the Spirit and the Word of God rather than anything in the natural. Hallelujah. So, praise God. Maybe we can hear 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 in Canada, please. Our Ellaru, Devika Vada, Vande Nira Nukudidaru, Hegantare, our Hinde, Hogutita, Amen. So notice here, as it is written in uh, Numbers 20, we'll hear that also in Canada, verse 1. That's Numbers 20, that the children of Israel now come back to the same spot again after close to 40 years. And like we were saying, God gives us a chance to improve and do it again <laughs> because God is interested in our results he's interested in what we do during the tests you see praise God it's all for our own advantage glory to God so and then we go on verse 3 says and the people chode with Moses and spake saying would God that we had died does that sound familiar when our brethren died before the Lord so brethren have died already in rebellion, acting against God, and they're saying we also should have died. Notice, don't you care that we perish? And now the same, this is like the third example we're seeing where they just kind of immediately say, I don't want to live, I should have just died. <laughs> we saw Jonah the other day, I'd rather die, you know, than see all of this goodness here, you know. And there are stories like that, even Elijah, he said, ah, I just better die than just be living. I'm the only one here. You know, all of these things. So God has this interesting way of recording the very natural responses also, just to let us know that there are some common <laughs> people and uh, common responses, but there's also the mature faith response, you know, that we can also make. So these people did not make much difference. And if we can hear verse 3 also in Numbers chapter 20. Namanu janaru Yehova na sanitiyelle saaguta naavu sottu hogidare eshto melagittu endaru. Amen. So they're saying similar stuff. Can you see that? Ah, we should have just died and I don't know why we came out of Egypt and we, you brought us here to just kill us and our children, our animals and everything. You know, already they've prepared and rehearsed from their emotions and their, you know, own thinking what God was going to do. Meanwhile, God had nothing to do with 
any of those things. God promised them, you know, to bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey. That was where they were supposed to be going, which was supposed to be just 11 days journey from Egypt to that place through the desert. But you see, uh, they did not handle these things properly. And uh, here they are. They've come back to the same spot again. And their children have grown up. And uh, they should have said something like, Oh, hmm, I know this place. Uh, I think we've been here before. And at least the children could have said, Hey, Daddy, I remember this. You told us about this place. We were little babies back then. But I guess this means murmur, complain. Isn't it? Isn't that what the name means? That should ring the bell, right? That, oh, we're back in murmur place. And they did exactly that. Can you see that? Isn't that interesting? When you name a place a certain thing, and then you come back there, and you do the same thing, it's like something is... That's how it is in challenges, in problems, in circumstances of life. Sometimes you just go with the natural man and all of his funny ways of reacting. But thank God you can say, God, forgive me. Hallelujah. So notice here, verse 4, And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness that we and our cattle should die here exactly the same things wow and wherefore have you made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place it is no place of seed or of figs or vines or of pomegranates neither is there any water to drink you will notice in their history there, there's constantly this story about how good the food in Egypt was. They never talk about how much they suffered there under the labor and the rule of Pharaoh and all of those things. They never talk about that, but they're always talking about how great the food was. Isn't that funny? And so I believe that they just did not pay attention to the real things. They were so involved in just natural appetites and things like that. And they lost focus, uh, you know, even of what, in what condition they were. People have a way of saying, I wish I had been like that in the world, had all that fun and, you know, all of that stuff. And you become a believer and sometimes people can want to go back there and say, man, but I really had a good time back then. You know, it's very similar. So there are ways of looking backwards. And anytime you look backwards and... Uh, contemplate the things that have passed. You're not in faith, actually. Praise God. You should be looking at the things that have passed for testimonies of the goodness of God and not say that it was better when I was not saved and, and so on and so forth. Hallelujah. So faith always looks forward to better things. See, whatever I'm telling you right now is God helping me and helping us to receive what He has for us during this season. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. So they talk about the pomegranates and the water. And verse 6, Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle and fell upon their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying... So they went again, you know... They make all the trouble and then Moses has to go and say, Oh Lord, what do we do about this? Even though they went through the same thing before, 
Notice the good thing about Moses is he doesn't say, let's just do the same thing. So sometimes, because you are used to the same response, uh, you sometimes do the same thing. But um, with God, it's not necessary that He will always have the same kind of uh, recipe or answer. Of course, it will be based on the Word, but it's not necessary that He'll do it the same kind of way. Hallelujah. So keeping your heart open, trusting Him afresh again and again, makes life the exciting Christian life. Otherwise, you start going back the same old uh, expectations. So and so must do this, the other one will do that. Meanwhile, he may not use so and so and the other. Are you getting this? He may have some other plan altogether. But of course, he'll deliver you and he'll show up for you. But when you get used to A and B and that way of it, you know, that's when the problem comes. Praise God. So, press the Lord. Not people. <laughs> Verse 8. <laughs> Take the rod <laughs> and gather thou together the assembly, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them out of the rock so thou shalt give the congregation their beasts and drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Now, I want you to notice another situation here as it is written. Verse 9, And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Did you notice here it's called the rod from the Lord? So it looks like he said it's another rod. So it's not the same rod that he had used some years ago. This rod is now from the Lord. And if you go through the time between uh, the last incident and numbers, you will notice that there was a time when the rods of the various tribes had to be brought before God so that he would show which tribe should rule you know, which should be priests. And Aaron's rod was the rod that budded. So now there's Aaron and Moses standing there. And the Bible says that it was that rod that he took. Praise God. That rod. And uh, glory, he took that rod. And verse 10, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? So you can see he's also kind of um, slightly <laughs> concerned and even bugged. Amen. Verse 11, And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock, I mean smoke, smote the rock twice. <laughs> and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. Hmm. Glory to God. Then God goes ahead and begins to tell Moses that he messed up and gives him some adjustment. Verse 12, The Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because you believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and 
he was sanctified in them. So I want you to notice here again that as it is written, so here he was not supposed to actually strike the rock. He was supposed to just speak to the rock. But because he allowed these things to affect him, Moses became angry also. And it was not expected that he should be like that. He should have obeyed after all this time. Praise God, whatever he suffered with people and all of their problems, he should not have allowed it to, you know, go into him and act like that. And so the Lord told him, you're not going into that land. You're not going to take the people into that land. You will only see it from afar. Joshua is the one that's going to take them in. Are you seeing how God looks at each of these encounters we have with the problems and challenges of life, whether it be with people or circumstances? Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all these things were written for our example, that we should not make the same kind of mistakes because the end of the world has come upon us. Hallelujah. Let's go back again to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let's notice there how he says, verse 5, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples to the intent. We should not lust after them, you know, etc., etc., etc. And verse 10, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer, how all these things happen unto them. For examples, they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. So there you go, you know, this is talking directly to us now, upon whom the ends of the world have come. So there could be a tendency, after you have learned all these things, to maybe pay attention, pay attention to the natural man and the senses, and maybe want to just say things and maybe grumble and complain. But thank God we can look away and focus on the man that's inside and the word of God that's built into our spirit and choose the word instead of all of those emotional outbursts and feelings. Hallelujah. Because we are the last, probably the last group that is here on the earth who will escape with Jesus when he comes soon. Praise God. Verse 12 continues, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Then comes verse 13, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. So all of these things come together. Did you notice that? Hallelujah. Maybe we can try again uh, Numbers chapter 20 verse 9 in Canada. Kudisi, 
ಕೇಳಿರಿ ನಾನು ಕೂಡಿಸಿದನು ಬಂಡೆಯನ್ನು ಎರಡು ಸಾರಿ ಹೊಡೆದನು ಆಗ ನೀರು ಪ್ರವಾಹವಾಗಿ ಹೊರಟಿತು ಸಮೂಹದವರು ಅವರ ಪಶುಗಳು ಕುಡಿದರು we'll hear in canada uh, deuteronomy chapter 3 and then uh, verse 28 but charge joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before this people he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shall see praise god so if you read verse 27 you will notice here it continues but let's hear verse 28 in kannada please yehoshuane ee janara nayakanagi hogi neenu noduva deshavannu avarige swadhina padisidanu amen so it's plainly written there and uh, so moses was buried on the other side of the jordan and um, glory to god all those things are noted and very interesting and there is always a consequence even though we are learning the scripture today we're hearing these things today i believe there is much responsibility on us because we have now have all the records of these people and all of their reactions and you know god has now said because you are the ones on the earth at these last days i believe that we should take heed we should be very careful you know Hallelujah. So today no matter what you're going through there on the earth in the situation circumstance there is a choice you can make and that choice must be based on what God has said rather than what you feel. Praise God. God will allow you to go through the test again. You may have to retake the paper and uh, you know he will note your responses. Amen. These things are so real. <laughs> and uh this time i believe the next generation um got some understanding and uh, made some choices also eventually praise god let's go off to the book of psalms psalm 95 very interesting how god talks there about these things for us to be reminded psalm 95 says Verse 1 Oh come let us sing to the Lord let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation notice that rock let us come before his presence with thanksgiving make a joyful noise unto him with grumbling no <laughs> with psalms amen for he is a great god the great king above all gods hallelujah and he goes on verse 6 oh come let us worship and bow down let us kneel before the lord our maker for he is our god we are the people of his pasture the sheep of his hand today if you will hear his voice harden not your heart as in the provocation as in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me proved me and saw my works 40 years long was i grieved with this generation and i said it is a people that do err in their heart they have not known my ways unto whom i swear in my wrath 
they should not enter my rest. So here you can see that God has decided to record this thing again. This is many years later through the mouth of David now. He's recording this for our benefit so that we should pick it up. Whoever else, you know, lived along that period of time should be reminded again that God is the God who split the seas. God is the God who brought Egypt out, I mean, Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with amazing, powerful demonstrations and brought them through eventually to that land. But he was not pleased with certain behavior. Hallelujah. Let's hear uh, Psalm 95, maybe verse 7. Amen. And verse 8 says, Harden not your heart. Let's hear that also in Kannada, please. Amen. So it means that there's a choice in the matter of hardening the heart. He says, don't harden your heart like they did. So it's an attitude that can be actually developed or it can be stopped. Anytime you are faced with choices of what to say and what to do during the challenges or tests and trials, you know, you can decide whether you're going to be like them, complain, grumble, and be all hardened in your heart. It's a, it's a logical sequence that follows after the other, one after the other. It's just going to come. So it starts off with not remembering the goodness of God, forgetting His benefits, contemplating only what you seem to not receive in your flesh. You know, the so-called longings of that world and all of that see so we'll have to track properly and think about are we contemplating the benefits of God really are we thinking upon his goodness that he is a good master and shepherd he loves the sheep are we worshiping him are we praising him all these things help us with the heart condition so it, it doesn't become hardened hallelujah um Let's look at another situation with Jesus before we come back. Let's go to um, Matthew chapter 4. Observe there, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered, and the tempter came to him. Praise God. Let's hear uh, verse 1 and 2 in Canada also. Amen. So here you notice that Jesus is led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Can you see that? So there are going to be situations where God leads you into that problem, into that circumstance. 
It's not that the problem was made by God. It's by the enemy, by the fallen world. But God knows it and he leads you into it. And the reason why he does it is because he's preparing you for what comes after the test, which is promotion. He's preparing you for the promotion. Hallelujah. So Jesus here had just finished growing up. He was a mature son of God. He was not a novice. He was solid in the things of God. And he was now changing from a private life into the public ministry kind of life. And he had to be proven. Can you see that? And Jesus passed with flying colors. Amen. And so there are going to be tests, there are going to be problems that come along your way that God knows about. Of course, we're going to be praying all the time that we can circumvent and go around challenges that God does not want us to go through. Are you getting this? We can refuse and resist. But anyone that we are allowed to pass through it or go through it is so that we receive promotion at the end of it. Hallelujah. And thank God for those of us who are passing through whatever you are going through today, there is promotion coming. Hallelujah. Of course, we're going home, which is the greatest promotion, promoted out of this world into heaven. Hallelujah. But also keep in mind that God is interested in our responses during each of these challenges and tests and trials of life. And He may lead you straight into some of them. Praise God. The Holy Ghost and Him, they know. They understand. They know that everything is common and He knows everything concerning us. He's a good shepherd. He'll lead us into these things sometimes. Amen. So if you can look back a little bit, you may see some situations that you have been through before. You seem to be in it again because a retake is going on and He wants you to clear it. He wants you to have a a good report, a great testimony out of all that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, thank you, Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and observe in verse 12. He says, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Wow, there's a lot of uh, themselves and comparing in that verse. Notice that each one of us is going through uh, unique situations, but at the same time they're common. But they are made for each one of us, peculiar situations in each person's life. It could be financial, which is common. It could be a health which is situation, which is common. A job situation, which is common. It could be you know, dealing with uh, family, uh, marriage, children. All of these things are common, but... It becomes peculiar to you because it's dealing with you. And in all of these situations, the Bible says there that you don't have to compare yourself with somebody else. Praise God. That's when you're making room to gripe and complain. But rather, you should just look into the scripture and compare yourself with things that have happened there and see what does God have to say about it. Are you seeing that? Don't compare yourself with someone else but rather go to the Word, go to the Lord Jesus about it, and let Him show you. Amen? And I believe that that, that's what God is doing in the church today. He's giving us counsel. He's giving us the Word so that we can escape and we can come out 
with flying colors. Hallelujah. So don't dare to compare yourself with others. Please learn that. It's not wise. And with wisdom comes length of days, riches, and honor. So if you want the length of days, the riches, and honor of God, then please don't compare yourself with someone else. Let's hear this in um, Canada also. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Amen. Praise God. So keep that thought with you constantly uh, because the natural man has been trained to compete with others. It's as though he's in a race trying to compete with other people. But we who are saved, our thinking is very far from that. We are all in the same body and each one of us has a particular role. And so the eye cannot say, I don't need the hand. The hand cannot say, I don't need the ear. Each one of us has a part to play. And so please don't compare yourself with anyone else. Praise God. The Bible goes on to say, let's go to Hebrews, the third chapter. He talks about the same kind of stories there. And I'm going to read verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Hallelujah. There's a hope and a rejoicing which we must hold on to. Let's hear this in Canada also. Um, verse 6 of Hebrews 3. Amen. And verse 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Did you see that? So here again he tells us that it's up to us to either open our hearts, soften our hearts, yield to God, or harden, complain, worry, get into murmuring, and all of that stuff. It's actually up to us. We can decide. The Bible says in James 1 and 19 that we should be quick to hear. Slow, slow. Notice that slow to speak and also slow to anger. You know, eventually there could be anger, but you should be slow about it. Hallelujah. It's not that you are never angry because God also was angry. God could get angry, but He's long-suffering. That means that He has a limit also. Praise God. He doesn't just tolerate everything. There's a limit. Notice. So... Let it be slow. Let the anger be the last thing. And it's better for you to not be angry with the person, but rather with the attitude and with the devil. Hallelujah. Because God loves people. God loves the sinner. And He hates the sin. Amen. So let's read there verse 12. He says, Take heed, brethren, let there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Let's hear that also in Kannada 3 and verse 12. Amen. So you can see these things are recurring. How many times he's saying it again and again and again. So these are things that God is very concerned about. The inner workings. They are called the ways of God. Hallelujah. Rather than just seeing the outside manifestations, there are things that are workings within understanding the nature of God. And He wants us to know that. He wants to know our God. I was telling my wife the other day that one of the things that I would be concerned about if we were to leave like next week is I did not know Him more. I wish I had more time to know Him. You know, Paul prayed that I might know Him. So even though Paul was such a great man with such great revelation, he still had more to know. This God is, is infinite. There's no end to him. Hallelujah. But you can know at least today. Whatever you can grasp, whatever you can learn, just get a hold of it. Amen. So these are things that please him. Verse 19 says, So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in because of unbelief. Praise God. Grumbling, unbelief. Wow, they go all together. Did you notice that? Let's read verse 19 also in Kannada. Praise God. So if you notice there in the fourth chapter, it's continuing. So when you see the Bible itself is not such a big book. And if something is repeated over and over, you know, that's pretty important. So this is a vital part of God's nature that we are dealing with. He is not into people who murmur, grumble, complain, and then they become hardened due to the unbelief and the hardness. He had to rebuke his own disciples. Praise God. And that's what leads to deterioration and a general failure and a lack of will to go forward. Praise God. So the fourth chapter begins, you know, where it says there, verse 6, it says, Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, unto whom it was first preached, they entered not in because of unbelief. Praise God. Let's hear that also in Canada, verse 6. Amen. So in all of these things, you notice these people knew the God of Moses and they heard of him and they had been familiar with what he was saying and everything like that. And today you may have heard and know these scriptures. That's the only problem with the church. We may have heard all these things and we may even know them. And even when we are talking about them, you may be able to quote them back. See, so it's not because you know the scriptures and that you can actually quote them back. That is the whole thing. Or say, I know it and I've heard that. And yeah, I know that story. And that's not necessarily why. 
The answer is in the second verse. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. In other words, they heard it. They heard everything. Them and us. Notice that. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there has to be a mixing with the word and the faith of God. When you start acting on it, that's when the mixture has happened. So the the first reaction uh, after the mixture of faith, you know, with the promises of God is you get something called rest. Verse 3 says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So notice... Jesus had spoken that word, he had that promise, and he went into rest. Hallelujah. So one of your greatest responses to the challenges and tests of life is to take the promise of God and just rest. Hallelujah. Don't say anything else, don't complain, don't murmur, don't go into the natural mode and start, you know, racking your brain and putting pressure on yourself and on other people comparing with them and expecting from them. No, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. So, you know, we must learn that these things were written for us, for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world have come. Amen. God is awesome. He's preparing us. You may have to take some of these uh, tests again. If you find yourself in the same kind of situation, Notice, it's a good chance to retake it. Hallelujah. Make sure you get into the rest of God. That means you work with the Word, mix until you can act upon the Word of God, speak it to yourself, think upon it, talk about it, until you can just rest. Hallelujah. Don't grumble, don't complain. Praise Him, thank Him that He has a plan for you, He has a purpose for you. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Amen. Let's go on. We seem to have a little more time. We're still in the book of Hebrews. And let's observe the 11th chapter. And notice one hero there. The Bible calls him our father Abraham. Amen. Notice there it says in Hebrews 11 and 18, Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Glory to God. Let's hear um, in Canada, Hebrews chapter 4 and um, verse 2. All right. In that case, we'll continue. Verse 19 says, accounting. Notice the word accounting. Accounting is a term used by uh, accountants, in other words, is a calculation. Praise God. By faith, as you hear the word of God, as you ponder on the promises of God, you will get a kind of calculation. You will start to begin to calculate things the way God sees it. Amen. So by working with the promises of God over the years, even though he was not perfect, notice, God told him to leave his father and mother and go to a land that he would show. He partially obeyed, 
he took a lot, you know, and a lot of trouble came, you know that. And then he was supposed to go to Canaan. Yes, he went there, but then in between he goes off to Egypt, and then he comes back with Egyptian trouble. Like that, he was not a perfect man. You can see that. But eventually, as time passed and his experience with the Word and the promises of God, he got to account, or he became uh, a person who had calculated things the way God calculates them, getting into God's accounting or God's mathematics. <laughs> Amen. And so uh, he had the promises of God with him, and he now calculated that, see, God wants me to give this child. And he has promised that the blessing is going to come through this child to the whole world. And therefore, even if I kill this child, notice it was all calculating going on, God will have to raise this child up. Hallelujah. And therefore, here we go. I'm just going to act on it. I'm going to obey. Notice all of your calculation must produce obedience. Amen. But you're allowed to calculate. And God wants you to calculate or figure out from his promises who he is and then act upon it. So by now he had figured out this is how God is. And so if he tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Just do it. Just go ahead and do it. God is the one who said it. You can rest. And so even though the knife was approaching his son at that speed, he was at rest. He was not shedding tears and doing it. He was totally at rest knowing God's got this. God is going to do what he said. Let's go. Praise God. And God wanted him to see that for himself. God wanted him to know himself and how he had developed over the years in understanding the way God operates. Amen? So let's hear um, in Hebrews 4 and verse 2 also in Canada. Hallelujah. So let's now also read um, Hebrews 11 and 19 in Canada, please. Thank you. Yes, please, sister. Tanna Baganu, Satoru, Devaru, Avananu, Badikisa, Samartanagib Dalindu, Tilidu Kondanu, Matu, Satoru Legindale, Jivitanagi, Bandanantea, Avananu, Hundidanu. Amen. So we notice here this is the kind of blessing and nature that's been put on the inside of us in our spirit man. We have access to the mind and the thinking of God. And so the promises of God are giving strength to us and our foundations cannot be knocked off. Hallelujah. And therefore, notice, this is your nature. All you have to do is act like that. You just have to begin to act in the midst of all the tests and storms. As you act in the rest of God, you will see God's manifestation coming to pass. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, he makes a statement about us. 
which I believe is, is wonderful and we just need to begin to ca camp there. Verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. So by nature, you are not a person who is going to draw back, but you are a person who goes forward and believes until the full salvation completely takes place. He that shall come will come and shall not tarry. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want us to just hear verse 38 also, Hebrews 10:38 in Canada, please. Adare nannavan agiruva neetivantanu nambikeyindale badukuvanu. Amen. So thank God for that. I believe you have received something today. I believe the Lord has spoken into your heart. And if you have heard these kind of scriptures before, it's a good time to ponder about them and begin to meditate on the goodness of God and uh, prepare yourself to say and act on the word of God and just enter into the rest. And this is just a great time to rest when everybody's complaining, grumbling, and uh, you know, backbiting or whatever, comparing. This is a time for us to rest and thank Him and forget not His benefits. Amen. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Let's worship Him for a minute. Caprazento menatula barazere bakarasta. Esto favali repore pesento ramande rieste. Oh, we give you praise, we give you thanks. Father, we thank you for no matter what the test, no matter what the trial, no matter what the situation is out there, you have spoken to us. You have given us your word. And we can take that word and rest upon it. You are faithful. You will do what you said. Thank you, Father, for job situations turning around. Thank you, Father, for financial situations turning around. Thank you, Lord, that you give your people a sure guarantee, the way out. The blessing will reach them. The mercy will reach them today. I thank you that you will supply all of their needs, all of their needs according to your riches, according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You never change. You are the rock that followed them. You are the Holy One. You have not changed. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You will make sure. You will do your part, Lord. We thank you. You watch over your word to perform it. You have said it. You will do it. We thank you, Lord, that our emotions are held in check at this moment, that our feelings are held by the word of God. In Jesus' name, I thank you. We speak to our soul. We speak to our emotions. And we declare, we meditate on the goodness of God. We meditate on His faithfulness. We meditate on His promises. We meditate on how He has brought us thus far. He's not going to leave us in the midst of it all and allow us to perish. Hallelujah. We give you thanks. We give you praise for testimonies of your goodness. Testimonies of your mercy in this day and hour. Oh, faithful God. I thank you, Lord, for whoever's suffering in the right leg, 
in that muscular situation in the right leg, the mercy of God comes there, restores them completely in the name of Jesus. We worship you, Father. You're a faithful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Holy One, we worship you. We bless you for restoration right now. Oh, thank you, Father. In the intestines, in the bowels, restoration. In Jesus' name, you're a faithful God. We expect, we worship you. Hallelujah, Abba Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For the financial needs being met. The supply of heaven. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for turning their sorrow into dancing. Ha, 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 ha. For the joy of the Lord is their strength. Thank you, Abba Father, for joy coming to your people. Worship you for infusions of joy. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. The merry heart that does good like medicine. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of joy and refreshing coming to your people as they enter into your rest, as they take the word of God and rest. Hallelujah. You are faithful. You will not allow us to be tested beyond what we can bear. But along with the test, you make a way for us to escape. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. Faithful God. Faithful God. Faithful God. Faithful God. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. I believe God is working in your situation today. The covenant benefits are coming your way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's go into a time of communion. And uh, if you have some juice and some roti or bread with you, this is a great time. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You hung on the cross. You were that rock that looked like just any rock. Oh, Holy One. And you were smitten with the judgment that should have come to us. You took our punishment. You took our curse. Oh, hallelujah. You went to hell for us. You suffered for us. You took the whole curse, paid the price for us. On the third day, you rose again. Rose and sat at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us today, praying for us today. We are so grateful. We receive your ministry at the right hand of the Father, your intercession, your prayer for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're healed. Thank you that we're free. Thank you that money is not our problem. Property is not our problem. Whatever the world is running after is coming to us because we have decided to put you first. We have chosen to put you first, to seek you first, and everything else will be added we bless you. We praise you. We look at you, Lord. You're our source. You are our life. We receive your benefits today. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we eat and drink? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, faithful God. Faithful God. Faithful God. Hallelujah. I believe God is meeting your needs right now. As you are acting on the word of God, God is opening doors for you. God is favoring you. 
God is preparing things for you. It's going to be new. It's going to be something that you've wondered if you could ever do it. But God is actually opening a door for you because He's an exciting God. He always has a way. He always makes a way. He's the God of the way. Hallelujah. So today as we give in the name of Jesus, you can give online or however you can. Let's believe God together. And if you're tithing or giving gifts, any other means, uh, we'll use this as a point of contact and let's release faith. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for each one that is listening today, that is hearing today. As your people have chosen to obey the word, as they're acting, as they're giving. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, faith is released today. Here mortal men receive, but there he that lives forever receives. We thank you that the curse is over. Every lying demonic thing is over. The increase of God. Hallelujah. The land flowing with milk and honey. That's our portion. Thank you, Father. More than enough for every good work. Oh, that we can establish your covenant. We can be a testimony in this day and hour. Your supply. More than enough for every good work. The cup that runs over. In the name of Jesus, angels work with us. We are willing and obedient. We eat the good of the land. We wear the good of the land. We live in the good of the land. We drive the good of the land. We have the good of this land because you said so. And we rest in your promise and we receive today in the mighty name of Jesus. Be healed, be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sister Shoba. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you, team. You are blessed.